three beers a piece for each of my co-workers. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. Suds, <laughs> Well, 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 if it isn't the Suds cast, beer reviews and attitudes. I'm, of course, the front bone of this podcast, DC Thompson. Joined, as always, by the backbone of the podcast. That's the better bone, right? Well, I don't know. That's up for some debate, I think. <laughs> it's Brit. It's Brit. We got the Brit backbone. over there. Brit in the cut. We're here in the 5-8 studio, just above Suds Brewery. Brit, tell them how to reach out to Sudscast. Instagram, Suds underscore cast. Mm-hmm. Or Gmail, Sudsbeercast at gmail.com. You nailed it. Did I get it? You nailed it. I think you did. I kind of blacked out there. Britt, we're here in the 5-8 studio, as I mentioned, but looking at our computer screen, because, well, well, look who the cast logged in. Joining us today, we have Johnny and Mark Hurst, the Hurst Brothers. Woo! Woo! Thanks, guys. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having us. Thank you so uh, much. You guys, you guys are musicians, local musicians. Yeah. Are you guys from Guelph? So we grew up in Georgetown, so about 20 minutes from Guelph, but we both did our uh, little bit of education there at the University of Guelph, and uh, and I never left. Oh, no, you're, you're still in Guelph. I am, yeah. Nice, great. So, yeah, local musicians specializing in, and now I'm, now I'm just reading some copy here, specializing in classic country and surf rock. I oh, guess I like could say that. Yeah, yeah. it's... Um, that's something we've definitely struggled with is putting a label on the type of music that we make. So you don't need a label. Yeah. I like to be a genre. Yeah. It's tough to come up with a genre when every one of our songs kind of sounds a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that the listeners are going to hear later on. Yeah. But before we get too far into things, we have to open that first beer of the podcast and, you guys mentioned you're from Georgetown originally, and we got a Georgetown classic here. Beardmore Kolsch from Furnace Room Brewery. Just going to crack this open. Feel free to join me. Okay. Britt, pour you a little sample here. Perfect. Now, I have a question because I picked these up in our local LCBO, as I mentioned, from this brewery, Furnace Room from Georgetown, Ontario. This is 4.5% ABV. I picked this up in the local LCBO and I want to compare cans with you guys because they had two different can labels, but seemingly for the same beer. Yeah. So I'm just going to hold my can up. and Did we all get that's the same what we one? Got. So okay, yeah. I actually went to the furnace room because it's not okay. far from uh, my parents' house here in Georgetown. And she told me that they were switching cans. So uh, that's why they are the same beer, but there is two yeah, different designs I have the on the shelf. Yeah, I think Mark has the new one. I've actually had beer before, and it's delicious. Well, don't give away your rating yet, Mark. (laughs) Sorry. sorry. That's okay. So that's the new one. Now, the can, I have both of the cans because I grabbed both of them just to see if they were different. Um, The can that you have, Mark, it has like the water tower, and the water tower has like a beard. But let's just cheers quick here. Cheers. A virtual cheers. Virtual Cheers. 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 So yeah, Mark, your can has the water tower with a beard, and then uh, the can that I have, that we have, and Johnny has, it's like just a dude with a beard. Yeah, I kind of like that one. You I like the guy with that. the beard? Yeah, I hope that's what they're changing to. But 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I looked it up on their website. And you know what? Actually, I think, Mark, you have the new can. I think oh. yeah. the new one, the water tower with the beard. <laughs> Is that a prominent thing in Georgetown, the water tower? That's a, oh. a great question. Good question. Yeah, I'm not actually sure about that. Well, that's why it seems like it's a weird thing, unless that's like the thing. Yeah. No, no I don't think it is. Uh, you know, even though. looking at this can, even with the bearded gentleman, there's a water tower kind of to his left in the background. Yeah. So there's very heavy play on the water tower thing. There must be a story there. I'm not sure what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know, oh, you know, what? I know the the brewery actually was. A, we have a ghost station, and there was this old rundown house that was there for ages, and then that's what turned into the brewery. So I think what, two years ago, three years ago, they, they bought it up and turned it into a brewery, but no water tower in sight. So what are you guys initial thoughts on the Beardmore Kolsch? Now, Mark, you're kind of, you've already played your hand a little bit. Yeah. Uh, my, my mistake, but I, I actually really enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty light. Johnny, what do you think? Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm not a, a huge dark beer advocate, but this is quite nice. Like it is, it is quite light. Um, I'm pleasantly surprised. Hmm. Now you would call that a dark beer. I wouldn't call it a dark beer, but looking at the can, I was a little bit hesitant thinking it might be a little dark for my likings. Um, is that because there's a guy with a big beard on it? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Hops. There's like a stereotype thing going on there. Like you, you see a guy with a big beard, you're like, Oh boy, this is going to be, yeah, this is going to be growly, but no, it's uh yeah, it's very pleasant. Smooth. I mean, it's going down pretty easy, but that's also probably because it's like a hundred degrees. It's so damn hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's one more just, yeah, it goes down so fast. I mean, you gotta drink it while it's cold too. But yeah, I really like it. It's it's light. It's got like a Kolsch is kind of a weird um it's a weird beer style. It's a combination of ale and lager. It uses a lager yeast, but the ingredients are more of like an ale recipe. Uh, so it kind of has like a bit of the yacht, the lager yeast sort of uh, estery sort of taste to it and fruitiness, but then it sort of has the sweetness from like ale ingredients. But uh, yeah, it's it's nice. Now I don't know which can I like more. I think I like the water tower with the beard because to me that's kind of just funny. Like why would a water tower have a beard? Yeah, a little more abstract. Yeah, I yeah. Like, whereas too. the guy with the beard, it's just like oh, well, that's just the guy with the beard. <laughs> I wonder if the guy is a real guy and maybe he was not happy about his face being on the can. Now, interesting you say that, Johnny, because when I did some research on this brewery and this can, um, the Beardmore is named after a guy. His name is George Beardmore, and he built the largest tannery in the British Empire by 1900. He had the largest tannery, and this was in Georgetown. So this was when Canada was still part of the British Empire, like officially, I guess. And I think that's there, there's some connection there with because because it's in Acton near Georgetown and it's very much known for a leather like leather production. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. But the Acton Tannery is still it's probably the original location. I don't actually know, but I know a lot of people that have not heard of Acton know the Acton Tannery. Yeah, because there's a famous radio ad that would always play in Southern Ontario saying it's worth the drive to Acton. That was the ad, right? <laughs> well, they had to advertise, yeah. Yeah, I, it's but worth uh, the drive. yeah, their their hockey team was true. the the Acton Tanners as well. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's like there's a huge uh, tanning culture, leather making culture, uh, kind of in that area. So yeah, that's what it's named for. So then, Johnny, when you said maybe the guy has something to do with it, I mean, 
I can't imagine this is what George Beardmore looked like. I mean, he's, <laughs> this guy has like a sweet part going. Yeah, this is maybe the hipster version of him. Or yeah, something. yeah, this is like George uh, Beardmore's great 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 grandson, Travis Beardmore. Why Travis? <laughs> or Mike Micah Beardmore? I don't know because he's because he's a yeah, younger guy. He's fitting a hipster, sort of. You know, he does have a great beard though. I yeah, like, I do like the artwork. I think it stands out. It's really neat. Mm-hmm. Um. So the Georgetown Brewery also has, I believe it's called like the Chicken Man, and it's a beer. And seen this. So that's from I don't know if you would know the backstory or if they publish it, but basically, growing up, there was a gentleman in Georgetown that had a milk crate on the back of his bike, and he had a chicken in it. Okay. And I don't know if anyone knows why he did it or what he was doing with it, but it was just the Chicken Man, and that's wow. who it was. Yeah. Yeah, I remember actually. I saw that beer uh, yeah, a couple of years ago or a year ago in the LCBO, and yeah, it's like a it's like a human body with a chicken head, I think, and <laughs> the sort of like um, animal chicken human uh, hybrid is riding a bicycle. <laughs> I, that is which I thought was kind of a crazy idea. I don't think I got the beer though. Of course, I wasn't aware of furnace room back then, but I feel like every city must have that one person. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, there's a chicken in every city. Yes, for sure. And yeah. in some cases, depending on the size of the city, there's multiple chicken well, I'd say people. Guelph has a couple that I can think of. Oh yeah, there's quite a few. Oh, I mean, no one's riding around with a chicken, but they no. all have. There's people with eccentricities that are known. Yeah, a quirky person that everyone knows. Yes, exactly. Yes. Little did that person know they would have a beer named after them, or like sort of, I don't know. I guess dreamed about them course they didn't have a chicken head so is he still around oh yeah no i believe he has passed on um oh yeah i did know he at one point it was the talk of the town where he had wiped out on his bike and became was the chicken okay (laughs) i think that's what everyone was wondering uh i believe (laughs) the chicken was fine I think he sustained some injuries and he was an older gentleman at that. So, um, but I do remember reading or seeing somewhere online that the chicken man had passed. Um, uh, and if I'm wrong, uh, I'm sorry. Well, I was going to say there was a gentleman in Guelph and he would always stand downtown and just like yell yeah. Italian. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was kind of a staple, but then there was a rumor that he died and everyone thought he was dead. And it was like going around the internet. And then, like two months later, he was back downtown. So you never know. Yeah. You can't always believe it. You're right. Now, wouldn't it be funny if all of a sudden someone like started doing that now in Georgetown, like in kind of a memory of the chicken man? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe yeah. it's our job. Maybe that's what? for us. Yeah, there you go. You guys could both do it. Well, what else is there to do right now? One of you could have a brown. <laughs> one of you could have a brown chicken. One could have a white chicken. <laughs> we did actually just get a tandem bicycle. So, oh my god! <laughs> throw two chickens on that. Chicken on the front, chicken on the back. Yeah, and chicken right. in the middle. The no. Chicken man. Too much. That's too many chickens. Too many. What? Yeah, what's too many? My question <laughs> is: Was the chicken like his dinner, or was it? You know, oh. was it a pet? Hmm. I, I have no idea. It's a mysterious yeah. guy. I might have to do some more research into that one. I'm gonna make a note about that chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much now, anybody from Georgetown would know the story of the chicken. Man. Yeah, yeah. 
That's wild. I, I almost wish I could do something that eccentric to get something named after me. Well, you could. I know, but it's you like... You just choose not to. I know, but it would be such an act to have to do for years and years and decades. Yeah, you yeah. have to be really committed. Yeah, you have yeah. to be committed. It's, like it's also commit. long no before gear. social media as well. Yeah. So, like, now you'd get on camera, so and be like, oh, that's funny. But, like, this guy was committed. Yeah, yeah and then 15 I think years of riding around with a chicken. It would lose something, you know? It's like people yeah, wouldn't want to yeah. name anything. Oh, that guy just did that for more likes on social yeah, media. Exactly. You know? it, it wasn't, he wasn't riding around in a chicken with a pet chicken on his bike for fun. <laughs> it was a stunt. So, Johnny, speaking of beards, you got a bit of a beard going. Yeah, I have the uh, quarantine beard going right now. I was okay. just going to ask, yeah. is that a COVID beard? Nice. Or a- <laughs> Mark, I see you're clean shaven. You've gone the opposite uh, direction. Two days ago, I got rid oh, of it. Okay. I'm not a, big, not a beard guy, and I did grow it out, and it was just irritating. So, had to Now, I, I, I grow a beard every now and then. I have a beard all the time, but I now I've been keeping it close trimmed lately. But sometimes I do grow one. Not as long as the, as the guy on the can here, but <laughs> sort of long. It kind of goes along with beer in some way. There's like some connection with beer. You have to have a big beard. Yeah, it's like a Viking thing. I just feel like every every brewery you go to, there's one guy working there who's got a beard That's like that true. long. <laughs> yeah, you have to it's have like one. a hipster thing. Yeah, but it always looks nice when I start yeah, well, growing they keep, it. They it doesn't look beard. nice. Oh no, yeah, yeah. I've never groomed mine, but you can get all kinds of waxes and stuff, but. Um, I never really got into that. Too much work. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also why I'm just keeping it close now because it's just it's just easier. Not as much effort involved. Britt, do you did you like my long beard or do you like it short? I think short spit better. Oh, the truth comes out. <laughs> why didn't you ever say so anything? For a long time you had a huge beard. <laughs> it's just like if I say, Do you like my hair this way? You're not really supposed to say no. I like it the other way better. That's true. I never even asked if you liked the long beard. I just grew it because of laziness. Yeah, you don't say what you really think. Yeah. So, I mean, with apart from the chicken man beer, um, what are do you guys? What are your other kind of beer interests? Craft beer, like what beers have you been drinking lately, or what breweries do you want to tout? Hmm. Good question. I'll let you go, John. Yeah, we're pretty. Um, we're pretty basic when it comes to our <laughs> our beer consumption um nope. we stick with like the typical domestics um when it comes to craft beer i know we were talking just before the podcast here of our experience with tofino brewery mm-hmm. and uh so our family's got a cottage up in tofino and they've there's a small little brewery there and we've had numerous experiences uh trying their different beers they do some crazy like kelp beers oh wow yeah kelp yeah. stout Kelp Stout. Kelp Stout, yeah. We've, uh, never been a huge fan of it, but somehow we always end up drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> Tastes exactly how it sounds. Yeah. Salty? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, basically. Um, actually, that always reminds me when I talk about that is the one time in Tofino, we got a couple of their ales from the Tofino Brewery and uh, walking down the beach with it. And a few of the locals told us that we had to do a, a kelp bomb. And so we're like, well, what's that? And basically you pick up a big piece of kelp off the beach, break one end of it off. So it, it turns bull into kelp. A bull kelp. Yeah. It turns into a big funnel and uh-huh. then uh, basically sit down and somebody pours a whole beer through the top of it and you get this wow. salty, 
swig of beer out the other end. Act- like actually improved the taste of the kelp stout. <laughs> Just the the improve the improvement of the kelp stout is to add more kelp. Yeah, yeah. more kelp. It's your oh, kelp bomb. More salt. Yeah, you don't taste. Yeah. That's wild. You know, kelp is like, I mean, kelp is probably one of the craziest beer additives I've heard of. I'm not unfamiliar with things like that, though. Wellington Brewery in Guelph uh, released last year a beer, and it was kind of in conjunction. They released a surfing uh, beer sort of three-pack, and the one was called Turtle Roll, and it had seaweed in it. Um, So it did have like a slight salty sort of flavor, but that's the first and only time I've ever heard of something like that getting into a beer because yeah i thought mm, that might be too salty but then actually was kind of nice in some ways wasn't my favorite of that three pack but uh anyway so mostly domestics you're talking like your coors like bud light yeah olsen you nailed it yeah Michelob ultra <laughs> oh you're into yeah, the kind of water watch that watch those carbs yeah yeah like, <laughs> you're losing carbs drinking it go for a run drink a mick ultra yeah, yeah. hey it yeah. works yeah exactly but I've also been, uh, I go to school currently in Ireland, in Dublin. So I'm a big oh, yeah. fan of drinking Guinness. Oh, okay. Now, I had my uh, fair share. Interesting Guinness uh, story. Oh, Brit- I was just going to ask, do you drink it warm, like room temp? Oh, yeah. I think that's a big myth. Like that was just before that we had refrigeration because none of them are room temperature anymore. Yeah. I know. I always thought so as well, but. No, they're pretty cold, and you can maybe get one old one that they like pump up from the bottom from the basement. Oh, yeah, yeah, like a cask kind of. I don't think I could. Well, I'm not a huge fan of Guinness. No, but I don't think I could drink it. No, no, but it is totally a different taste when you have it in Ireland, and and that Ireland only brews their Guinness for Ireland. And everywhere else in the world, I think like North Africa has a huge distribution. Yeah. And so none of it's brewed in the same spot. And I don't know if they change the taste on purpose or if it just doesn't hold well. it overseas and stuff, but it does taste different. And I wouldn't drink it in Canada. Yeah, we uh, we got one. Brit's grandmother actually recommended she get a stout after having uh, given birth. Apparently that was like an old remedy. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, so Brit's like, you got to get a, you got to get a Guinness or no, it wasn't even a stout. It was a Guinness specifically, specifically a Guinness, which I was kind of like, okay, I'll buy it. And then it like sat in the fridge for a month. And I was like, I'm just going to drink this Guinness. You're not going <laughs> to drink it. And I did. And I was very disappointed. Yeah. I, I would struggle to get one back down here. It's just, so. it's, it's, I think the thing is people think it's like really thick, but it's I find it's actually, a bit watery. It's actually pretty watery, I find. It is. And then the nitro part kind of fools mm-hmm. you because it tastes it tastes flat. So there's yeah. like a bit of a trick to that. Um, but yeah, interesting. Guinness in Ireland different. I knew that that was like a thing. These large breweries they they don't they obviously it doesn't make any fiscal sense to ship them all over the world. It's easier to just get a brewery because they're all they're yeah, all owned. Yeah. A lot of them are owned by one big consortium. So they just get the recipe to that brewery and you guys make it for Canada and you make it for the States and that yeah, sort of exactly. thing. But I didn't think that the recipe would change that much, but I guess that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know if that's just the Irish way to be like, if you want a proper Guinness, you have to come to Ireland. Yeah, Maybe, maybe or if it, or if it actually just doesn't hold up like shipping it overseas or 
whatever, maybe not whatever it may I would, be yeah i think it's probably just it just doesn't make any sense from a money standpoint to yeah yeah to do that uh, Britt and I have been to Barbados a couple of times and they have a Guinness there, but it's in bottles and it's called for an extra stout and it's like six and a half percent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a different product altogether. It's like a sweet stout, but it's still labeled under the Guinness brand. Um, but it's, but it's made in Barbados for all of, for all of the uh, kind of Caribbean, Caribbean islands. Oh, cool. Did, but did you I, like it? I liked it a lot, but I like a heavy stout. So for me, right. it was Oh, compared to a regular Guinness, I was in heaven. <laughs> Um, you have course, to go to Ireland then. Yeah, of course it was very hot there, so it was also like I don't know if I want to drink this like didn't heavy matter sweet what you beer. Were drink- well, I found it didn't matter what you were drinking. Yeah, it was just get it down just cold. Anything, yeah. Up. Similar to the weather we have here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Why I am finished my Kolsch. Yeah, you finished the Kolsch. Well, oh yeah, I'm, as well. I'm just finishing up mine. I'm trailing. I've been clearly doing most of the talking. Um, well, I guess then that's a perfect segue into our rating system. Now, Johnny, you said you've listened to the podcast before, but I'll just I'll just give it up for all the listeners out there. We have a three-tiered rating system, kind of your gold, silver, bronze. It's a thrill, will, or swill. So, uh, Britt, I'm going to start with you, just so you can kind of show everybody how it's done. Yeah. Britt, we have the Beardmore Kolsch from Furnace Room Brewery. Is it a thrill, will, or a swill? I'm giving it a will. Just a flat will. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to ask. How much is it? Oh, price wise? Yeah. Oh, I forgot to write that down. I've got it here. You keep talking. I'll come up with it. I think the will because it's easy to drink. It's light. Or what's the alcohol percentage? Four and a half. And it's three dollars oh, okay. three dollars and twenty five cents a can. Okay, so it's like on the cheaper side of craft beer. Well, it's easy to drink, it's light. I'd probably buy it again. Yeah. So it's a will and then Keep in mind, you guys can you can do will plus, will minus, thrill plus, thrill minus. You can you know do whatever you want. You but can I think, say whatever you want. I think this can is a bit more attractive, the one with the full beard. Yeah, you like the one with the full beard. I think full that beard. might stand out a bit more than the other one. Mm-hmm. So if they switched cans, maybe I would pass by it. Oh, okay. Not knowing. Shots fired on the cans? Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so we got a will for Brit. So let me write that down. Okay, who wants to go first? Johnny. <laughs> Is the Beardmore Kolsch a thrill, will, or swill? You know what? I think I'm. I think I'm going to give this a thrill, and uh, and mostly because I my expectations were not too too high coming in, and I was very very surprised. I I genuinely enjoy this. I would definitely buy it again. Um, yeah, I like it. I'm giving it a thrill. I think we might have converted you to the craft you, beer scene. You, you may have. Yeah. Okay, Mark. I think um, I know. I think I know where you're going, but yeah, I'm, a, I'm an open book. But the Beardmore Kolsch is a thrill for me as well. Um, oh. There's specific craft beers that I really enjoy, and this would definitely be one of them. Nice, sweet. Okay, Drew, thrill, will, or swill? Me? Is it my yeah, turn? You. Okay. Uh, I can't get on the thrill train, but I'm going to go will plus. Ooh, will plus. I agree with most of what you said, Britt. Like for me, the can design meh, doesn't really make a difference whether it's a guy with a beard or actually, I kind of like, I like that. I kind of like the idea of a water tower with a beard. That seems just, I just meant, me. I think this stands out a bit more. It does. I, like, I think like the, on the shelf, the artwork design on the, on the guy can with the beard is, is yeah, it's a little like less. The, I like the art on the, yeah, it's on a the guy. Artistic. 
The reason why it gets a plus for me uh, is because the Kolsch style is not a style that you see that often um, for craft brews. It's because it is kind of similar to a lager or a pilsner. It kind of falls in that category in some ways. It's a kind of like a light lager style in some way. I think that's a plus for me because it's kind of something that no one is really not no one's doing, but it's just, you don't see it that much. You see more pilsners and craft pilsner and craft lagers. So it's getting a plus for me. And also furnace room brewery. Hey, that's a plus, you know, Georgetown getting in the craft beer scene. You know, it just reminded me, Drew, I got to ask you, have you ever attended the Georgetown craft beer festival? No, I didn't know there was one. Yeah. It's, uh, I've got to, I gotta say, it's probably gone on the last three years in a row. Mark, does that seem accurate? Uh, yeah, I'm never really around for it because I think it's end of September. Yeah, it's the end around of September. there, but uh, it's been a few years. Yeah, yeah, and wow. it does really well. They've expanded it multiple times um, to larger venues, uh, and we were actually supposed to play at it this year because they usually have a big, large outdoor band setup. Um, but I think it's been canceled already due to, to COVID and large gatherings, but um, should definitely yeah. keep that on your radar going oh, forward. Oh, yeah, I got to remember that. I didn't. I don't think I've even heard of that, but I don't get to Georgetown really at all. So uh, that would part, probably be part of the reason. Do you yeah, remember any of the breweries that were there? Oh, there's like, I, I want to say there's like at least a hundred of them. It's a fairly large oh. event. It's gotten quite oh. large. And uh, most of the people that are there are not from Georgetown. Oh, nice. Well, furnace room will obviously be there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. We got to, I mean, fingers crossed this COVID thing by next September, maybe it's gone away. 2021. 2021. We'll be able to maybe make it out there. I think we all have our fingers crossed for what to come in 2021. 2021's a big year. Interesting thing for you guys. Have you guys performed at any kind of like festivals like that? I mean, we're going to get into something maybe in the second beer about uh, a concert you put on. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. We haven't done, we haven't really tapped the, uh, festival scene yet. Um, like outdoor performances or uh, aside from playing at our cottage to, uh, 20 or 30 people, not really. Nice. Okay. Well, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to go into our second beer, but before we do, we're going to play one of your new single. Why don't you guys tell us about it? We're going to play it in the commercial break instead of our regular commercial. Tell us what it's about. Awesome. Yeah. So this is uh, our newest song, kind of designed with a real summery feel to it. Um, the lyrics came quite spontaneously with a little bit of help from a friend of ours on a, on a topic here. Shout out to our, our friend Nate. And uh, yeah, so it was uh, like most of our music, kind of created very spontaneously, sat down, started recording and uh, pretty quickly came up with this one and, and we're pretty proud of it. So should be launching uh, July 17th available pretty much anywhere where you stream music and uh, you guys are going to be the first to hear it. I've, I got to tell you, I've listened to this song, sweet little something. It's great. And it, it, it really does a great job of encapsulating what we were talking about, about your inability to fit into a genre. Yeah. It does have a lot of different <laughs> Thank styles. You. Yeah. Thank you so, so much. Yeah. Everybody listen up. This is the new single, sweet little something. It's coming out next week. Stay tuned for the next beer. This is the Sudscast.
that night Let you enter in forever I was losing my mind I will never forget that sheepish smile And I remember, I remember it felt so brothers local guelph and georgetown musicians with us on the pod we're about to move into beer number dose but before we can it's time for us to put on some sunglasses put our feet up on that picnic table and catch some rays as we doze in and out of memory of things we didn't know things we got wrong in previous episodes everybody out there listening it's time for another edition of Brits bit. So anyway, I think so we didn't know about the main So according to the internet, so I was on the internet. Okay, so I think last episode we were talking about Sleeman, because that's the beer we had. Yeah, we had a Sleeman, yeah. So did some research. Thanks to Guelph Today and Guelph Mercury, this is where I got my info. Right. So one interesting thing. I was, I was actually trying to find out what Al Capone's like ties are to Guelph, but that was like kind of hard to figure out. But I 
from what I could gather from the internet is, um, I think there's something to do with him and the Albion Hotel. And I feel like I've heard a rumor that like one of his mistresses or something like haunts the place. The Albion Hotel in yeah. Hmm. I don't know where I heard that or how true it is, but I heard that. <laughs> you heard that one of his mistresses haunts the Albion Hotel. Interesting. Yeah. I think if you take like a Guelph ghost walk, yeah. you like go into more detail about that story, but that's all I could get out of these newspaper articles. And then the other interesting thing I found, because I was also trying to figure out Sleeman and like Prohibition and were they supplying alcohol to the States? Yeah. Because that's what Sleeman has been telling people for a couple of years now in their marketing. Um, but what I found interesting was that when Sleeman left, I guess it was England and came to Ontario or Upper Canada as it was then, I think, um, he first settled in Niagara, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting because that's where I'm from. So it's like, you know, full circle. Yeah, for you. <laughs> <laughs> but he ended up having to leave Niagara because... So he was in Niagara on the Lake, which is really close to the American border. Yeah. And I guess he was making something. I don't remember what it was, but maybe it was beer or spirits or whatever. And the water got contaminated from stuff they were doing in the state, so he couldn't use his well water anymore. So then he traveled around like southern Ontario to try and find like where to go to next. And he ended up in Guelph because of the water quality. Hmm. Oh yeah, because Guelph has good quality water. Yeah, well it did. I don't know what the status of that is now. Well, I think it comes from the Arkell Springs or something like that. So apparently it's well known I think, for good water. Yeah, I think now it's just processed more. Yeah. Because well, of what be, happened, yeah. you know, a few years ago. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. That whole thing. Hmm. Walkerton. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, so, so Al Capone's Mr. Stad at the Albion Hotel. So Al- To I be mean, determined. That, I mean, that must mean we'll Al Capone was at the Albion Hotel at some point. Well, so the one news article that I read from like four years ago mm-hmm. was saying something about that. It was like, if you want to know more, you have to take this ghost tour because it was like about Al Capone and a dead woman and the Albion. Oh, okay. oh, because also the Albion had tunnels that ran underneath it over to the church, apparently. Oh. To maybe smuggle stuff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. Which is a common... I've heard that about a lot of houses in the ward neighborhood apparently have these old... had tunnels. Mm-hmm. Because of prohibition, you could smuggle yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's that. Hmm. That's Brit's bit. Well, thanks for another very informative, historical even. Yeah. Brit's bit. You're welcome. Okay. So we're moving on to beer number two. I hope you guys like IPAs because this. I'm excited. Brit's excited. <laughs> this <laughs> is a doozy. We have IPA number 13. Double IPA from Collective Arts Brewing Limited. Crack this can open. This beer, it's a doozy. It's 8.1%. That's 8.1? Yes. 8.1%. That's nice. That's what I look for. Yeah. Can I admit that I maybe had a taste of this before? I did not know it was 8.1. Yeah, well, we're about to find out. No wonder I fell asleep. Collective Arts Brewing, of course, out of Hamilton, Ontario, a, almost a staple in the craft beer community in Southern Ontario these days for a multitude of reasons. Uh, this, is this a new one? This is new. Now, this is, as I said, this is IPA number 13. So they keep kind of releasing IPA series. Uh, every so often they'll release one and uh, they're up to 13 now. There you go, Britt. Cheers, guys. Cheers. 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 Oh, it's very fragrant. It's got a sweet smell to it. 
I'm going to hold back any comments. Yeah. Till the ratings. Now this. Me too. <laughs> Good idea, Mark. Yeah, I believe the last one. Um, Spill the beans to it. <laughs> That's why I'm not saying anything. Yeah. Can I see the can? Yes, Brent, you may. Now the can has a very cool design on it, but before I get, we get into that, this beer is brewed in conjunction with Aslan Beer Co. in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Now I couldn't find any. There is a brewery called Aslan Beer Co. in Richmond, Virginia, but I couldn't find any connection on their website to Collective Arts in Hamilton. So I really don't know what that has to do with anything, but it has some very interesting hop varieties used in this double IPA, Strata, Zappa, and Comet hops. Now, how does this taste for you guys? Some sweetness? Hoppy? Yeah. <laughs> I Definitely. do not mind it at all, but I think I like the artwork better than the taste. Yeah. The artwork on this I can do enjoy the artwork, yeah. It's like a bunch of snakes. Kind of like uh, cartoonish snakes, kind of wrapped up with each other, and that is one thing about them. They always have interesting artwork on their cans. Like no can is the same. Yeah, except we all have the same can. I have to say, the same <laughs> yeah. no, but I think like this IPA will all be the same. Yeah, the IPA is, but the can design is. They change them, but th this seems like they kind of had one design on this one. I don't know. I mean, from like. You don't, you know, it's a collective arts only because of that they're the artwork on the can. Like the logo is so small. Yeah. And but they, you know who they are when you're in the store because of artwork on the cans. Yeah. And they always get, uh, oh, I'm sorry. The artist is from Richmond, Virginia. Eric Jones, the Aslan Beer Co. is from Herdon, Virginia. So the artist is from uh, Virginia. And so is the beer that they made it in conjunction with. But yeah, they always have cool can designs. That's part of the thing they're known for. That's cool. And, tend to like switch them up like they have standard beers they always release and they always have different uh, kind of art designs on them so i wonder what you need to do to submit art for their cans yeah i'm not sure brit brit has a lament brit do you want to yeah i was gonna the only thing i sometimes don't like is they're a canadian brewery but they tend to have a lot of american artwork on their cans well american artists yes. yeah which is the only thing Sometimes I don't. This one makes sense because if they're collaborating with an American yeah. brewery, that makes sense. But I always wanted them to only feature like Canadian artists on the cans. Yeah, a bit of patriotism yeah. from you there, Britt. Well, maybe that'll factor in your review at the end. Mm -hmm. We'll see. I agree. <laughs> now, we kind of teased that about when I asked you about uh, Johnny and Mark Hurst about your um, sort of history with festivals. You guys actually kind of started your own concert. Am I right about that? Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely right. That's basically how we even got started into writing and recording original music in the first place. Okay. Now, the, the concert is the Hertz Brothers Concert for the Blind. Yeah. Right? And that's in connection with Fighting Blindness Canada. Is that a charity organization? It is. Yeah. It's a okay. quite large charity organization. Uh, I think they're the leading sight-saving research uh, foundation in Canada. And so just some backstory. Yeah. So uh, our brother, our youngest brother, Jake, who's not part of the band or on the podcast today, but he has been diagnosed with a, a degenerating retina condition. And so we live all too closely to the disease of uh, blindness. And so yeah, last year, I guess about a little earlier than this time last year, just before the summer, Mark and I sat down and kind of decided that we wanted to put our passion for 
playing live music and performing to some better use than just jamming for our friends. Um, so we came up with this non-for-profit, the uh, Concert for the Blind. We held a show at the end of last summer and uh, it was a huge success. Had a lot of fun doing it. It was Many- actually at Silence. Yeah, it was in at Guelph. Silence in Guelph. Oh, okay. Shout out to Silence Sounds. They yeah. did a great Yeah, job. they were awesome. Nice. Yeah, and then um, and many beers were also consumed on that evening. <laughs> and then uh, planned another one almost instantly. And so we had another one in Georgetown just at the end of the year, kind of before Christmas. And so mostly played covers at both of, at both of those shows. Um, and at the time, we didn't have any original music. And I think basically right at the end of the last show, we just decided we need to start writing our own music. And because uh, this would be a great platform to perform it and release it out there. And also it'll help kind of spread the mission uh, message of what we're fighting towards. Nice. That's great that you guys like, I mean, there's one thing to create something for profit, but it's another thing to kind of be like, we're going to start doing this and the proceeds are going to go towards this charity organization that impacts you so closely. Yeah. Um, it's great. I never actually, I, I hadn't heard of fighting blindness Canada before, uh, and before this podcast. So interesting. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that, like, unless you know somebody that's been impacted by it, um, it doesn't really stick out to you. But mm-hmm. um, as soon as you you do kind of get close to somebody who's who's impacted by the disease, um, especially something like what our brother Jake has, it could very easily be, I don't know, treated. Maybe Mark would know more with a, a medical background, but it could be potentially cured um, with the right funding and research. Nice. Um, my connection to uh, blindness is my grandfather. He uh, suffered from blindness. He went blind. He uh, got diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome in the early 1990s, and he was blind for the last you know 25 years of his life. Um, he was heavily involved with the uh, CNIB, Canadian yeah, National right. Institute. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's interesting that there's you know. Fighting Blindness Canada. I've got to do some more research on that and look into that more, but that's great. Um, so, I mean, obviously COVID has impacted your ability to maybe hold another concert for the blind, but yeah. any plans or, I mean, working on your own music, that's just another kind of outlet to sort of provide. Yeah, actually, for... Go I, ahead, I think it's, uh, sorry, yeah. I think it's just provided a cool opportunity to, like I'm not really home most of the year and John's not really home a lot of the time either. So we're both back in our parents' house at the current moment. And so it's kind of a really good opportunity to like write some music and put, put, put the pen to paper and write some lyrics and get some stuff down. Yeah. Britt and I were talking about that before and Britt, you were. I was wondering if this quarantine has made you more creative or just more lazy. I feel like I've been more lazy during quarantine, <laughs> just like wanting to eat chips and but yeah. i'm sure if you're cre- like yeah have you been more creative now that you're kind of stuck at home yeah i can definitely see how some people have not been more creative because it's really easy to fall into that path of just <laughs> you know lounging M- around and eating chips. most yeah. people yeah yeah <laughs> um but for us yeah it's actually like mark said earlier it's kind of brought us together i sold my house just before covid started um, and Mark being in school in Ireland, they basically sent him home. And so right. we're both under the same roof, which has given us the opportunity to basically every evening put a couple hours into 
writing, producing, recording, um, all that fun stuff. So yeah, definitely has made us more creative, more productive. We have a lot of music kind of in the hopper and so should be able to sustain us with new releases right into 2021. That's cool. I'm sure it's kind of nice, especially if you've been away at school to now come home and like, this sounds cheesy, but get to spend time with each other that you normally probably wouldn't, right? Yeah, it is. uh, I mean, I I certainly wouldn't wish for this to happen again, but it is a, uh, it it, like all in all, I really can't (laughs) complain too much. Like there's, you know, there's a lot, a lot of people in worse situations than us. So to be able to be in my house and writing music and, you know, doing, yeah, doing so schoolwork cool. and stuff like that. It's like, I'm really not too disappointed with it. Yeah. We're thankful. Oh, my other, this is like a little off topic, but I guess you got home. Like, when did you get sent back from Ireland? Um, so I would have been kind of right near the end of February. Things were getting, it was kind of like unsure up in the air about how it was going to go. And then at the start of, or mid, maybe middle of March, I think my parents and, and my brother John here was due to come visit me. Um, they were going to come for St. Patrick's day. And then it was kind of that week before that happened where they, like the U S canceled all of their flights, their international flights. And then right. Canada kind of did the same thing shortly after. So then it was kind of a big scramble to get out of Ireland and our school was saying, like, if you leave and we start back up and you can't get back in the country, like, that's on you. Mm. So I was hesitant to leave. But then the Canadian government was saying, if you're studying abroad, you should come home because it's going to be longer than we think. So I think I was home around probably the end of March. And, oh, that's not bad. And I wasn't supposed to get back into Canada until August, actually. So I still wouldn't have been home. Mm. so it's given me a good like three months of being home and yeah it's just kind of still studying and finishing some exams up online and stuff and then just yeah making a lot of music and it's been it's been it's been a good opportunity for what it is yeah there's some silver linings right Mm -hmm. yeah you have to look on the positive side you have to find them wherever you can exactly so how is everybody enjoying ipa number 13 lucky 13 Oh, I'm surprised I didn't skip 13. Right, right, right. Um, it's getting better. <laughs> it's getting better. <laughs> I think that usually as you get further in, they get yeah, they get a little better. You get used Especially to the taste. When it's 8%. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is a heavy one. Now, the reason we chose this one, we haven't done anything from Collective Arts, and it's kind of one that is pretty synonymous. A lot of people, you know, seem to really enjoy their stuff. So we had to do one now. I... I, I I don't think, I think it's pretty obvious you guys aren't the biggest fan of IPAs. You're Um, not wrong. It's it's growing on me. It's just probably not the best one to start you off on. (laughs) Um, But this sort of IPA is one that's very interesting because it is a high percent, but it doesn't taste like a very high percentage of alcohol beer. No, it has more, like, it's got more of a sweet taste to me. Yeah. Like, almost, almost like some of those, like, like the beers that are infused with diff- like citrus and something like that. Yeah. It now, reminds me of that. I don't think this beer actually has any, there's no sort of sweetness additives. All that sweetness is coming from the hops, I believe. Like the, the hops don't impart any sweetness. It's just the hop varieties that they've used. Yeah. Wild, these are wild varieties. Like these are not 
as someone who drinks a lot of beer, these are not common hop strains. These are kind of like I've never heard of Zappa hops before. No, it's not that common. I've only no. heard of like, very limited. So more than likely, they're probably from very far away, most likely Australia or New Zealand. So they're kind of imparting like a very fruit forward aroma. And that's making, I think, the beer taste sweet or appear sweet. Um, yeah. Because an 8.1% alcohol beer is probably not going to be that sweet, more than likely. No, it doesn't taste like an 8.1%. It doesn't no. have that like heavy aftertaste to it. Yeah, like that kind of burning al- fusel alcohol. Malt liquor type aftertaste. On that note then, Drew, what's the highest percent of beer that you've ever had? Oh, beer? Uh, yeah, yeah. Def- I mean, I've made, I've produced beer that has been 10% uh, oh, wow. myself. That's the highest I've ever made. Um, the, probably the highest I think I've ever had is like 12. And I might have even got one that was 14%. It was like this crazy wow. Norwegian style beer that they make um, that was made, it was made by a brewery uh, up in Northern Ontario. Um, but I think 12 is probably the highest, but I'll pretty much drink any beer. So, I mean, yeah I'm, not me too. Of, yeah, I'm not the kind of person who's like out there just absolutely just dying to try something where I'm going to like order something or something. It's more just, Hey, if I see it in the, in the LCBO or at the brewery, I'm going to try it. But yeah, like I want to say I had one that was 14%. Now to make a 14% alcohol beer is very tough. Like it's not an easy thing. Making 14% alcohol wine is like a little bit easier, but to make a beer that big and make it, taste decent it's kind of hard to do there's a lot of tricks <laughs> that are involved yeah. in that was um, it good yeah it was pretty good i mean i only had like it's like a 650 milliliter bottle but uh i remember it tasting fine i mean most breweries don't tend to put stuff on, they won't send stuff to the lcbo or to the beer store if it's bad uh, you know like it's got to be drinkable i'm sure yeah. there are horror stories of breweries having to dump stuff because it just didn't work or some sort of issue but but there's a market out there. Otherwise, yeah. they wouldn't be putting it in. Yeah, and that's something that we talk about on this podcast quite often when we have a beer that most people would deem to be not good. Like we we reviewed uh, a couple or uh, last episode, we did the Father's Day episode and we reviewed a, a Sleeman product, which is fine. But a lot of people would think, oh, well, that's Sleeman. It's not craft beer and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, there's a reason it's on the shelf. It's because people like it. And yeah. You know, it's not crap. I mean, it's it's crap in some person's view, but other people view it as fine. So it's really just in what your tastes are. I mean, I'm but I'm pretty much open to tasting anything. Like that beer you were talking about from Tofino with the kelp in it, I would be all up in that. Yeah, yeah. I'd be ordering one of those immediately. <laughs> I think the problem with beers like that is that you order one of those and then you're like, okay, that's good. Like uh, on to the next or whatever. Yeah, no, you, you don't. I'm gonna drink twenty. Yeah, you don't drink. You don't drink twenty of the kelp beer. No, I mean we've tried it <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, it's, yeah. <laughs> you tried to drink twenty of them. Oh, we probably did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the we were at a uh, we were at a charity fishing derby there, and uh, so the Hearst brothers like their beer. And so does the entire Hearst family. And so they had, you know, a dinner after the event and uh, the Tofino Brewery brought out, I think, probably three kegs. So three of their different beers. And in 
maybe 30 minutes, the two, the ale and the Pilsner were both gone and we were left with the kelp beer. Oh, okay. uh, and so that we put, we, we went at it pretty good. We put a good dent in it, but uh, the boys were a little bit hurting the next day. Yeah. Kelp beer well, doesn't sit too kelp. well. You know, sometimes there are like theories. <clears throat> they used to actually put salt. A common thing in like the 1900s was they, people would put salt in their beer. They'd get a beer on draft and they bring it back to their table and they put salt, like table salt, right onto it. I don't know what that was about. I don't know if it had to do with kind of dehydration or something to prevent that. I, I really don't know, but that was like a very, very common thing. Like salt in beer is not not unheard of. It's just the idea of putting kelp in there. Most people wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah. Don't know. Don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> no, I've actually heard of that. And I've had someone make me do it before. Yeah, just and there is definitely yeah, 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 and there's yeah. there is logic behind it, but I can't actually remember it at the yeah, moment. Yeah, I don't remember the logic either. I'm going to write that down actually. Yeah, 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 that'd be a good one. Maybe those domestic beers taste better with some salt. No, <laughs> can't taste any worse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> put some salt in there; it'll taste fine. <laughs> now, don't forget to put salt in that Sleeman in that Sleeman dra- original draft. I, I think it may have. I think it's something to do with when you have like a really bitter flavor or a really like hoppy beer. And if you're not a fan of it, I think the salt somehow brings that down and it Hmm. kind of neutralizes like bitterness of a beer, but I can't something like that. Bring it up. And I think we have another, I think we have next week's Brits bit already. Yeah, There you go. Yeah. Perfect. There we go. Getting back and getting back to your musical influences. We kind of talked about this a little bit in the break influence of surf rock. There seems to be like a real nautical theme to your music, or at least to like your art design. Your Spotify low, your Spotify kind of icon is like uh, have like a whale there, killer whale, and and I know uh, Johnny. I think it was you that you just did uh, some artwork on a guitar with some sort of epoxy resin or something like that. Can yeah. you guys like speak, can you speak more about what this sort of nautical influence is? I mean, maybe it's from being around all these cottages. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. I guess I think when we first started to sit down and come up with the idea of actually being a band, um, I was trying to think of some sort of a theme or something that we could kind of relate to. And basically we've grown up on the water, whether it be on the lake at the cottage or out West in Tofino surfing. Um, the water is a huge part of, of everything that we do. So yeah, when it comes to artwork and, and stuff like that, I know both Mark and I really enjoy your kind of nautical style stuff. And uh, yeah, we just, uh, Mark actually did the wood burning on that, on a guitar that I was building. And then I did like a blue, he did some whales and a pirate ship. And then I did a blue epoxy ocean over top of it came out. Yeah. Like, kind of nice, actually. Um, it looks amazing. It's really wild. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no. You have I to see it. Wanted you to have be, to see it. For yeah, anybody yeah. listening, uh, you can check Johnny out at uh, Johnny at Johnny Hurst, right? Johnny Hurst Music, yeah. At Johnny Hurst Music on Instagram, yeah. Check it yeah, out. It's a it's definitely a unique guitar, that's for sure. So <laughs> I'm excited to uh, bust that out uh, one day at a show or something. Now, are you still like putting that together, or was that a guitar that's like already ready to go? You just did this to it? No, it was like. Oh yeah. So I've been down the, down the rabbit hole when it comes to uh, gear and swapping out gear and getting new stuff. And so I had found this advertisement on Kijiji for someone that was selling a guitar. I'd never heard of the guitar before. 
it was like a Japanese knockoff build. And the prior person that owned it tried to do some relicking to it. So he basically burnt the shit out of a bunch of different areas of the guitar. It looked horrible. Like it looked horrible. And so the guy that was selling it, I think he had it on Kijiji for like 70, 80 bucks or something. And I was like, yeah, all right. Okay. I'll tackle this. So I uh, picked it up, scraped all the paint off, sanded it all down. Um, and then came up with this idea of it being kind of like an ocean style guitar with the epoxy. Cause I started playing with epoxy and, uh, yeah, I got Mark to woodburn some images on it. I did the epoxy and then I've got a whole bunch of spare like pickups and electronics and all sorts of parts from previous projects and previous guitars. So I've started kind of wiring it together and we're it's just about done actually. So as soon as I do a kind of a test on it, I'll uh, probably post something on Instagram showing how it works. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, kind of like a multimedia thing you guys have going on here. Like you have the music side, you're also kind of doing, you're working, doing kind of art with the guitars, with the musical instruments. Um, really interesting stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, I guess Mark and I are both like that. Very, uh, very creative and artsy, but then at the same time, we're also very like athletic and into sports and surfing. Uh, yeah. And surfing, and yeah, we're like all over the map. Again, similar to our music, it's hard to really nail a genre down. Now, or, a couple uh, of a couple of episodes ago, Britt and I had a beer from Wellington Brewery called the Shuby, which was a raspberry IPA. And are you are you guys familiar with the term Shuby? It's like it's a surf term. Shuby, I've heard it like in surf music. I've heard them oh, say okay. like Shuby Shuby, but uh, yeah. I don't know what it means. Please tell so me. It, it means someone who kind of appropriates surf culture, but doesn't actually surf. So like, oh yeah, wears like surf stuff and says all the words, but doesn't actually surf. Yeah, yeah. So we kind of Britt and I sort of pride ourselves on being shoobies because I mean, Britt's a stand-up paddleboarder, and I kind of am very, very extremely amateurish at surfing. Like it's not something that I do very often, but I do try to do if when the opportunity arises. So um, I think we might be uh, we might be shoobies as well. Oh yeah, would you guys call yourself Chewies? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I, takes I, I'll accept no it. Yeah. Well, I think we're at the time. You want to rate it? My sample's half done. Britt, you're almost done yours. I think we're gonna have almost to rate done. this. IPA number 13, double IPA from Collective Arts Brewing Limited. 8.1% ABV, Strata, Zappa, and Comet hops in this one. Now we started with Britt on the first beer on the on the Beardmore. We're gonna start with we're gonna start with you, Mark. Mark? Perfect. Is this beer a thrill, will, or a swill? Um, thanks for asking. I'm going to give it a will plus. And That's good. it might be bold, but the, the taste is uh, it's strong. But I think uh, it gets better. And then with the 8.1%, that's something that, uh, that I like personally. I like to get my percents up there. So, okay. yeah, will plus <laughs> for it. me. Good to know. Will plus. Johnny, thrill, will, or swill? I'm going to have to give this one, I would say, probably a Will minus. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. So yep. I'm, not as, uh, I'm not as into it as Marcus. I don't mind it. Definitely of all the IPAs that I've had and tried over the years, this is, this is up there. Like, this is not one that I would just kind of say, no, thank you. Um, but I'm not positive that I would buy it again. I might. Okay. I might. Just because of the high percentage and the awesome artwork on the can. 
Yeah, I might. So that's why it's a minus. Oh, now that's something you just reminded me, Johnny. Uh, something else I have to bring up here. This it's when you talk about a can. yeah, it's four fifty five a can. So it's, it is kind of on the Ooh. pricier side. Steep. So uh, that's something to keep in mind too. You might only need two. Yeah, well, percentage wise, have- you're looking at double. Yeah, I mean, you have two of these. It's basically a bottle of wine. Now, Brett. Yeah. IPA number 13, double IPA, Collective Arts Brewing Co. Is it a thrill, will, or a swill? I'm going thrill. Whoa. We yeah. got a thrill. We got a gold medal. I think half of it comes with the excitement that it's something new. Mm-hmm. But that could be because I haven't been into an LCBO since, like, September. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> so, but I really like it. I have to say it was a bit, I had no idea it was 8.1%. That's a that's a lot in the sense that I would probably only have one of these. This yeah. isn't something where you're like drinking four. No, you wouldn't want to. But I really, I like it quite a lot. I don't know if it would taste quite like an IPA. Like, I don't know if I would taste it and say it's an IPA. Yeah, it's sort of a strange thing because it's an IPA sort of in that it's a high percentage beer and that it has like a very hop forward profile, but the hops are so citrusy and fruity sort of that it's not your traditional IPA where it's heavy bitter. Um, I, I like that's it. Sort of the difference, yeah. So, but yeah. it look it does say it is a limited release. It's limited in that that's why it's the IPA number thirteen because within you know a couple months they're going to move on to IPA fourteen. So if you like it, you got to stop that next. Yeah, so so, you gotta, so when they move on and they make the next IPA, do they stop making the one before? I believe so. Yeah, I think oh. that's kind of what happens. So it is like get it now because they're yeah, not that's do too it. bad. Yeah. Okay, Drew, thrill, will, or swill? I'm think I'm right there with you, Britt. To me, this is a thrill um, for a multitude of reasons. You guys have mentioned some of them, Johnny and Mark. Uh, 8.1% alcohol doesn't taste like 8.1% alcohol. Yeah, not at all. Uh, very wild hop flavors, like the hops used are very eccentric. Uh, that's interesting to me. Always, always digging the can design or the artwork on the can for Collective Arts Brewing. Mm, price not great but that's because of the hops when you use crazy hops like that you have to increase the price because they're so expensive to ship here it's a thrill for me I, I think i don't know there's no other way to really describe it and because it is a limited release you're not going to get this again it's a one-off like you get this now that's it when they come out with their next one it could be something totally different it could be a three it could be like a mini they, ipa three and a half percent you know they do have some ones that are always there yeah, they, the Collective Arts has like some IPAs that they always have, but they're not going to do this one going forward, right. I don't think. But uh, I yeah, like it. It's a thrill for me. Pretty not, good ratings all around. Yeah, I think that is pretty good overall. Yeah. yeah. Maybe once they hear your ratings, they'll uh, consider keeping it on shelf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe they'll send us a case. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's what That'd we're really nice. working for. <laughs> a four-pack. <laughs> not much to ask. That would be ideal if we had that. Yeah, one, one four-pack. <laughs> hey, that's like $25. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. Well, we're at the end. Uh, before we sing our rendition of Beer by Real Big Fish, I know we kind of talked about COVID's kind of put a damper on things, but Johnny and Mark, do you guys have anything you want to plug? Anything you want to put out there for the few people that listen to the podcast to hear? Yeah, I think you got our Instagram. Uh at Johnny Hurst Music. We've got a website, uh, www.thehurstbrothers.com. Um, mm-hmm. We keep that fairly up to date. Um, and that link, that's linked in your bio in your Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah. You'll see that in the Instagram. 
Um, basically just, yeah, follow us on Spotify because we've got tons of new music coming out. We were talking at the break that there's some, an EP that's even got a little bit of hip hop influence for anybody that's into, uh, your kind of rapping style of music. Uh, we've got that coming out soon. Yeah. Uh, but it should be fun. It's all, it's all fun. And, uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, I drew and Britt just wanted to thank you so much for having us on the show. Uh, it's oh, been a well. pleasure and we love Thanks supporting local people and yeah, very happy to yeah. be here. Thank you and guys for everything you've done to help make the episode yes. happen. I was going to say, maybe once this is all over, we can have a real beer. Yeah. Like oh, in- that'd be good. <laughs> would love that. Only, only IPA 13. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll save one maybe. Yeah, meet, meet us at the water tower. It may or may not still exist. Uh, when this is over, just meet at the water tower. Yeah, yeah, you'll know. And we'll over. we'll know when it's over. Yeah. yeah, that day. Speaking of when things are over, I think this episode's over, and you know what time that is, Brad. What song are you gonna play now, Drew? We're gonna play some other day after our rendition of Beer by Real Big Fish. If you're listening to this podcast, come on back back next week for more. And we said, it's It's okay, okay, guys, because you know we'll be good friends. friends. Go and grab yourself a beer. Nailed it.